The objective is to get them to be at their very best and not thinking about you. Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get the pleasure to speak with a coach born in Indiana and a three-sport standout. He continued his playing career for Princeton University and was then drafted into the MOB by the New York Yankees, however decided to continue his career in basketball. He received his first coaching position at Northwestern, where he stayed as an assistant for 11 years from 2000 to 2011. This then led him to his first official coaching position at Princeton, where he currently is the head men's basketball coach and holds a 208 the 117 record as a head coach, guiding his team to three Ivy League regular season championships and two Ivy League tournament championships. We're excited to introduce Coach Mitch Henderson. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the MVC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast i'm your host doug caputo alongside your co-host here alan major and we have a very experienced with a tremendous resume coach on the show today as we are excited to introduce current head coach of the university of princeton coach mitch henderson coach henderson what's going on not much guys thank you so much for having me yeah thank you man welcome good to see you yeah so a couple things we'll we'll give you kind of a brief rundown and then we'll jump into it but there's a lot we want to cover. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a little bit of, of your playing career, but then how that kind of end, ultimately ended up to where you're at now with your journey through our coaching. Some of the lessons you've learned since, especially some of the people you played for, you have some great, um, like I said, a great resume, great background. And then we'll get to a, a, a quick segment we like to call three quick hitters, just a little bit about, um, I have everybody learn a little bit more about you and then we'll wrap it up. But to kind of go into things, um, shedding some light on your path and where, you know, it took for you to get to where you are now. So you started at Culver Military Academy. Um, did, did you learn at, at Culver? Like, do you feel like you have any great lessons from there that maybe you still incorporate to this day? Yes. Culver is, um, you know, right there in Indiana, about two hours north of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And it's really a, a leadership um, school in so many different ways. You're often called to lead your peers. And I feel that you know, I think the best teams in coaching, I mean, I'm drawing on that experience all the time are, you know, your ability to connect the group to one another. So, I mean, you're, you're really at a young age there, you're given leadership responsibilities, the importance of being on time of, um, you know, be, having, you know, making sure that you, you're presentable, you look clean, your, your room is clean. Um, you know, and I, I um, you know, I mean, that's not for everybody, but it, it really is, for me, it's it, there's a large amount of carryover on um, on having some pep in your step at each day. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. And then you played at Princeton and then under Pete Carroll. Now I will get to more in depth and, and talking a little bit about how it was playing under him, but just, just as a coach, I mean, he, or excuse me, you're the third winningest coach behind him. Um, and, and how does it feel to like play under him? And was there anything specific that maybe I know we're tying a little bit in the lessons that we're going to get into here soon now, but any lessons that maybe you took from just playing under him that you still potentially use? I mean, there's, I, we could talk for days. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I, um, the amount of things that I didn't know when I arrived at Princeton were, um, were vast and he loved to tell me and everybody else. That was that <laughs> um, I, I couldn't sum it up, but, you know, we honored coach a year ago, he passed away in uh, August of 22. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm sitting right here in, in Jadwin gym and his name's on the court, you know, he's a hall of fame coach. And we all knew when I arrived in 1994, I mean, he was already a legend playing for him. You, you, uh, uh, uncover some things about yourself that you didn't realize. It's a painful process, but um, I wouldn't say it's even constructive criticism. It's just criticism. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you learn very quickly that, um, you know, he was after the very best version of yourself. Um, and then that, that was a, um, it, it could be a roller coaster ride for you, but for him, it was relentless every day. And I, I appreciate that very much now as the coach, but, um, you know, so much of what we are here is a, is a, you know, should be cited with coach, coach Carrill, uh, including the way, even the way we talk. So we say, you know, what do you see? What were you thinking? You know, the way coach would say those things are edited version these days. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, um, it was, he was a high school teacher first, you know, he was, a um, he saw the game as he saw the game as a, a way to teach. Um, and thought about, you know, you knew he was thinking about you a lot. Um, it seemed as if what he was saying was coming right out of him. It was so witty and, and, uh, on, on spot, like, you know, so spontaneous, but it wasn't, it was real well thought out. Um, mm -hmm. so it was a real lesson. And, and also, you know, I, I would mention Doug, you know, I was, um, the assistant coaches were Bill Kermody, John Thompson, Joe Scott. And, you know, those are all division one head coaches and, yeah. Now it was it was really a special time to be here and, and kind of lightning in a bottle, if you will, to be surrounded by such great teaching and coaching. No, I mean, that, that's great. Definitely some great experiences. And it's probably great to be able to be back where you, you know, where you started things. Now, I kind of want to go a little bit off the beaten path here. So you graduate college and then end up getting drafted to the MLB. You were a 12 and I'll do the bragging for you. Don't worry. Um, you were what, you both Letterman, 12 year Letterman for um, three sports, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, get drafted after college to the MLB to the Yankees, I believe it was. What made you stay in basketball? So I, I actually got drafted out of high school. Out of high and, school, okay. Um, I played one year here at Princeton, um, and I, yeah, I got drafted by the Yankees. But you know, I was I, I kind of fell in love with with the basketball side of it. You know, baseball. Like again, I played one year, and um, I mean, I I probably couldn't hit a slider. Uh, so, I mean, I, it, it's a nice talking point, but my, you know, my passion really, I, I like baseball, but my passion really is always lied with hoops. No, it's great. I mean, it definitely shows because everybody that we talk to on here has a different path to where they got to. And, uh, you know, that, that those steps it ultimately took, I mean, yours is a little more unique and, and, and definitely interesting though. Um, so on that, you coached 11 years, kind of going back to the basketball side of thing, you coached 11 years assistant at Northwestern. 
and then led you into your current job from 2011 to the present time. Uh, so your experiences at Northwestern, can you just kind of give us a little insight on those, maybe talk about those experiences? Well, you know, and, and you know, Alan can maybe, you know, chime in here, but I, I sure. feel as if, um, you know, being an assistant coach in the Big Ten, there's just nothing better for a young person like myself to learn all the different aspects of what you need to what you need to have in your toolbox if you're going to be a head coach. Now, of course, you don't know it, and it's frustrating. I mean, Northwestern was at the time when we arrived in 2000. It was a, you know, we they were coming off of a really tough year. But um, just to list a few things, so recruiting, you know, you're um, you're recruiting in a very difficult situation right away at a place like Northwestern, which was really good for me. You know, and right when we got there, um, you know, Michigan State was coming off of a Final Four run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Allen's Ohio State group was awesome you know it, it took everything that you had in terms of preparation of your team to stay in the game so you learn how to how to prepare your team to beat the best teams on your schedule which is basically everyone but you in the league. Uh, and then um and then how to how to maintain you know i mean it, it's it's night in night out you know you're you're dealing with you know wednesday saturday games generally and you're dealing with a kind of a grueling travel schedule so you learn balance in your own personal life um it was an incredible – I'm so thankful to Bill for giving me the opportunity to um, just cut my teeth in that league. Um, yeah. I've only been in two places, which I know is very unusual, and um, I'm very thankful for that. And I've sort of spent my entire career and, you know, 25 years basically in, in two spots, and I'm, I feel really fortunate for that. But also, I'm, I'm, you know, Bill really gave me – a lot of responsibility at a young age at Northwestern. And I, I try to do the same, have the same approach here where yeah. the, I have the assistants take on a lot of roles and responsibilities, but um, the big 10, I mean, I still watch almost all the games that I can watch. I, I follow that league very closely and, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. You know, Mitch, I was talking to uh, a coach about this the other day because I, I was out of practice and, I think the thing that helped me as a head coach and you probably, I know you're doing this now cause you just mentioned it, but like, you know, you get better as your coaches get better. And once you kind of, you know, start to delegate and give those guys more rope and, you know, and the thing I, I was saying to this assistant, I was like, Hey, you know, coaches need practice just like players need practice. Yeah. So part yeah. of practice every day is you gotta, you know, practicing them practicing being you know coaching so and i you know uh, no alan that that makes me think of you know i mean i'm on the well socialized introvert scale here uh, as a head coach so i (laughs) you know i have to work at um you know my socialization which i've worked really hard at but we Mm -hmm. meet every day as a staff and a lot of what we meet about is of course practice but also um you know is let's talk openly together as a staff about what you see. So you, what you, the head coach sees and what you as the mm-hmm. assistant see. And mm-hmm. I actually try to track how much time I'm talking, uh, which I don't want to be talking as much as everybody else. And it, sure. you know, it can be uncomfortable because you're waiting for something to arrive to the group. Like, okay, look, we need to work on ball screen defense today. Like, isn't that clear? Also what's key is um, you, you watch a kid, you watch a practice, then we're talking about the next day's practice and it's the mm-hmm. human element, the joy the the development of a kid you know you know it's like um we have to embody as coaches what we want the kids to do and behave like so um, no doubt often when i was young even for me and bill had great patience with me and uh, i i try to work on this as much as possible but 
you know, it's, it's like, no, no, do what I just told you to do. I told you to do that. That's exactly what I want you to do. Like I, you know, it's clear. How come you're not getting it? And it's, right. um, you know, they're, they're, especially a place like Princeton, they're working really hard on at school and they're coming down here and they're getting their butt kicked by, by another <laughs> guy, and, you know, right. just, just, uh, have, have a little bit more fun, uh, with practice and, and have that and kind of tease that out in your coaching process. For sure. So it's not always so serious. Yeah. Um, which I've, I've come a long way on, honestly, yeah. and my and early in my career. I wish I had um, lightened up a bit. Yeah. You know, but yeah, all of us are a product of what we got coached by and yes. guys that we work for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think as we all kind of get older and, and you develop more empathy just as a human being. And I think that allows you to now when you're coaching, I think it helps you look to try to catch them doing something right. Yes, exactly. More often, yeah. as opposed to, you know what I mean? As opposed to like nitpicking and, you know, it's if you catch them doing something right and everything's framed out of that, I think it helps you frame the things that they're maybe doing wrong with those catch them doing something right lenses. Yep. As opposed to catch them doing something wrong lenses, even the things that they do well get framed in a, it's like, oh yeah, yeah you should, you're supposed to do that. Well, no, nah, it's like, it's okay to still celebrate something the guy did yeah, well. Yeah. Like what, whatever gets praised is going to get repeated. You know, I, most of the I time. agree. And I, you know, talk about my influence. Uh, the influence on me from the Big Ten, Alan, is uh, I remember sitting next to Beeline one time, and he was saying, um, he if he shows six clips, there's two bad and four good. Exactly. And then if there's a shot that goes in, he might rewind that shot going in over and over again, and. You know, yeah. he might regret that I'm telling everybody this, but I, 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 I use that all the time. And it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little psychological thing that you, when you're in the video room together, that that can be a really useful place for, for sure, uh, creating positivity. We were even talking about on the side was trying to get somebody more on the psychological to talk about that kind of side of things, because I feel like that's a bigger part than most people really think it is. Um, but one thing you mentioned is you, you said, you know, when you're having your coaches meetings and I, I like that you said, um, you limit how much you talk in the meetings. So what's your what's your time limit then? Because here, I'll say here, we let you talk. You can keep going. We won't cut you off. And so we're I, kind um, of contradicting, but I, I I'm I'm not good at it, Doug. I've got i all the time, but um, I you know I think it's important that you meet. I mean, earlier on in my career, I was meeting probably less than I should have, and now we meet every day and talk through it. And sometimes those meetings can be. 15 minutes and sometimes they can be hours. I think of it as, you know, you're sort of a well-orchestrated stage play when you're on, when you're on the floor together. For sure. And of course the head coach needs to be, you know, when that, when one person's talking, you know, you, everyone needs to listen. That doesn't necessarily need to be the head coach. And I think that if you've gone to a play, the star of the show sometimes is maybe a supporting uh, character in that. Mm -hmm. And the, the guys on the team, Doug, need to know that you're all connected. So we For might sure. disagree. The no, main no. thing that we we want to do is uh, we walk out of that room really together on what our mission, what our message is, and and you know generally it's like how do we infuse some lightheartedness and some some real positivity into each of these guys and make sure that this is the best part of their day. So yeah. I would say that everything's psychological. <clears throat> you know, it's uh, yeah. the the objective is to get them to be at their very best and not thinking about you every yeah. day and, and eventually when they get to that point they graduate you know so <laughs> but, um that's that's the objective for sure 
Well, one thing, you know, I, I'm glad you said that, Mitch, because before we got on, you know, um, and I, I might be answering my own question with this, but like, it would seem to be, you don't need, when you got guys that come to Princeton, I think the challenge, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're probably looking more for ways to inspire them. Because if you come to Princeton, you're a motivated individual. So you don't maybe have to focus on motivating guys as much. They, they made a decision to come there. That's a lifetime decision to come to your school because they know long-term there's a plan. You know, they know what Princeton's going to do for them long-term. Um, is that, am I wrong on that? That no, you have to yeah, really I, I focus just, on in, inspiration as opposed to motivation? Yeah. I mean, I would say, so um, there's still 18 to 22 year olds that right. are, um, you know, we're in midterms this week. And the guys Ooh. are all thinking a lot about what's going on with midterms and yeah, walking uh, dead, walking dead a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're not looking, they're not looking great. Uh, <laughs> and I would say that you know we we recruit and identify you know obviously young fantastic student athletes, but they just love to play. And yes, motivation is part of it, but also is um, focus on the details. Um, we try to we try to be really humble in our approach, um, but again, I'm mentioning this again. But the lightheartedness I think is crucial, not just for us, but I think everybody. You know, like yeah. there's got there's got to be some joy, lightheartedness in what you're doing, so that when you make mistakes, uh, which there are many on every play, yeah, um, there's not that self uh, um, judgment going on. Yeah, yeah, with, the micro right up yeah, under the microscope say, right yeah, away. Like, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, um, and again, I, that, how does the coach embody that? You know, um, you got to laugh a little more, force yourself to worry about um, maybe their, what they're thinking about their fitness levels, you know, their grades. And then, you know, right. you let yourself feel the joy a little bit more, which then they, they feel that same joy. Yeah, for sure. I, it's funny. I was talking to a youth coach just recently and, and um, you know, one thing kids do obviously is, regardless of age. I mean, probably NBA guys do it, make a mistake and immediately the head drops. Yeah. Because again, that self-analysis button just gets triggered. Right. And so, you know, I think how coaches frame mistakes is a big deal, right? It, it's like the, you, me and you standing in the art gallery and you're on one side of the room and the lights hitting the picture on my side of the room a little bit differently. Sometimes framing a mistake is like saying, Hey, come over here and look at it from my point of view. Yep and reframing that not so much as a mistake, but now it's an opportunity to learn. Yeah. So if mistakes get reframed as opportunities, I think, you know, there's a, there's some, any coach at any level, I think that's some rich ground to step into. I agree. And then one thing I kind of want to tie into a little bit is, um, like I said, I'll, I'll do the bragging for you, but the, I mentioned it before the third winning is coach behind Pete Carell and, or Pete Carell. And then, um, what you also had Cappy Franklin, uh, Capon. So do you have anything from like any of those coaches? <clears throat> Obviously Cappy was a, a lot before time, but I don't know if he, did he still instill anything that maybe the, the school or university still utilizes? So Cappy Capon was the coach here in the, you know, thirties, forties and fifties. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, but No, I, I would say that, you know, really for me, the influences have been, you know, coach Carrill and then on coach Carrill, Butch Van Bredekoff, mm. uh, 
you know, this is going way back now to the 60s, but there was a, a terrific era. You know, Ben, ben Bredakoff coached the 1965 Final Four team and then went from Princeton to the Lakers. I would say that, you know, there's a there's a really unique through line here in the last 50-plus years of in Princeton basketball. The styles might be slightly different, but it, it's, um, it's all about the team. Um, mm -hmm. And then what are you doing on every possession to make your teammates better? We want to play a brand and a style of basketball that's out, you know, fun to play with your teammates, but also fun to watch. And I believe that we're doing that here now. And I think Coach Carrill and Coach Van Bredikoff, Coach Capon would would be thrilled with that. And then I, the guests talk a little bit more about we'll kind of fast forward and go all the way to this past year. So um, I'm sure you'd love to talk about this this previous year. Um, the impact that, you know, the school, or I should say that, you know, the program has had just for making it to the Sweet 16, what impact have you seen? Obviously, everybody's a lot more happy. Everybody's everybody's more uppity coming into practice and stuff. But um, when it comes to, like, recruiting, people outreaching to you, media, all, all of those little things, like, how, what, what impact has the Sweet 16 done for your program? It, it's, you know, it's a special thing. And, you know, I think often in coaching we, we are, you know, we fixate a bit on you – know, the losses, uh, maybe perhaps more than the wins. So we've really tried to celebrate something really special that happened here. We're mm -hmm. also a very tight knit community. There's 38 varsity sports. We're really tight with all the other varsity sports, in particular our women's basketball team. And you know, um, I think we're highly aware here of like that we try and we want to win, but like that we're a reification of the school's values. And I think it made the guys feel really great that they did something on a national level that, of course, winning, but they were also able to be themselves. And I know this is, you know, so we have a guy yeah. that's fluent in Chinese that was talking on CBS and we have, you know, guys that were reading Shakespeare and on the bus. And that's very much of, um, you know, you kind of your inner uh, nerd, so to speak. Um, we're very proud of that here because that's very much of what you're getting into when you sign sure. up. Absolutely. We want those guys to explore that part of themselves. Being a happy student makes you a happy player. And that group last year, we struggled a bit in February, but they really came together off of the court in a really fun and special way where they really kind of got rid of all the distractions, locked in on each other. And it was just, it was like we were playing well and they were so fun to be around. And there's something yeah. to that. And, I, you know, you found some of that magic in March, of course. Um, but, you know, I think we're, the guys are in, and all of us, are, you know, in particular, I think the guys are very happy about being able and having represented the school in such a positive way. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 the other thing, too, they'll they'll realize this five, 10 years down the line, like that bond of doing something special together. Yeah. I mean, like I just got goosebumps on my yeah. arm <laughs> talking about it, but like Honestly. like there that is irreplaceable yes in in cement yeah forever stuff i i like um, that, that that is that's that's they don't they don't realize it now because they're right in the thick of it but I, yeah. as, as they get down the line i mean you want to talk about a beautiful view in the rearview mirror yeah i mean i think too alan isn't that what you're that's what you're aiming to do is for sure objective is to do something special and yeah i think we we talk here about being special and um you know i was sort of raised opposite like you're not that special don't break your arm patting yourself on the back Down the yeah. that's yeah. right yeah. I like that. <laughs> you know i mean there's there's a there's a humbleness to what we are trying to accomplish yes for sure but also like you know let's celebrate those really special moments where oh and, man uh, 
and and the performance of something you know i i've got this friend um who's a book editor that was there's a there's a book called the art of gathering and in that book it, and she was it, it sort of says and i i might mess this up but in africa in african language when you say hello it means i see you and then the response is i i am seen and um i think we, we we've talked about like um, the gift that you give to somebody by recognizing that they're doing something really cool is yeah. to say that to them and then also the the to receive it not just yeah. be like um, oh, that's a, yeah. Nah, that's yeah, brush it off. That's yeah, right. Like yeah, say, yeah. Like, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Like, um, I think that's really a powerful thing for, for young kids. No doubt. No doubt, man. No, it showed. I mean, I, you know, obviously we spoke over the summer and, um, you know, I watch you guys games in the, in the tournament and joy is the word, you know, um, I mean, you were, you, you were guys were hooping, you know what I mean? Like I, I can't you. count, I can't count five actions that you ran. To be quite honest, I mean, like they were hooping. Yeah, and, I, I, and that's by design. By yeah, design. no, it showed. No, it showed. Beautiful. And to I'm watch. sure they they love that freedom too. Um, but like one thing, I guess the really the last question that I had kind of on this past year. So, and I guess incorporating a little bit of this year too. You guys had a tremendous run, Sweet 16. How do you maintain? Because <laughs> you know, there's been teams where they'll be top of the nation they'll they'll do all these great things whatever it may be but then their egos could get a little higher in the next year they could take a step back how do you maintain those egos and continue to grow and necessarily not get complacent day to day i i think it's the natural evolution of coaching in college that helps guide this uh we've mm -hmm. talked about it we have some terrific senior leaders that you know want to kind of run it right back but even if we had the exact same team from a year ago and we didn't have any new freshmen it would be totally different this year yeah, because for sure. they're young, different. They're, they're different. They're changing so much <laughs> yeah. at this stage in your life. Like, oh. I mean, you can, you can set your watch by what I like to do in the summers, you know, like <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do the same stuff. Uh, but these guys are experiencing new things as they should be. And they're growing a ton, but now I'll throw in the fact that juniors now become seniors and you're now uh, growing into your role as a senior on a campus and a college campus, which our campus here is. I, 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 th I always say it's like, it's a terrific place to be an undergraduate, but then you've got five new freshmen and you have to redefine what you're all about one all over again. And it's not going to sure. be the same thing. Um, yeah. And that's the beauty of the next team is, is the challenge. And the fun part is how do you, how do you uh, make this work for this group? Cause man, if I, you know, far be it from me or any of us to totally understand what, what makes the freshman tick. Right. Um, and you were saying <laughs> yeah. this earlier, Alan, you know, um, let me, there's a mistake that's made. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, maybe there's something about that kid. We don't totally understand yet when we're trying to correct them that right. we, got a, we got a little bit of a ways to go there. So it's yeah. still really early in our season, but I think that that helps put the perspective of the sweet 16 and, and right away, like, yeah, we did something really cool. It's hanging the the wrap the the you know, it's the banners hanging up. We can point at it, but it's ancient yeah. history. Uh, right, we right. got to move on. Yeah, use it as inspiration on the day to day. So what we'll do is we're going to cut into our final segment. We like to call the three quick hitters. Like I said, it's basically just a way for everybody listening to be able to get kind of get more information on you, learn learn a little bit about you, um, and then at the very end we'll ask a final question. We like to ask all coaches. But actually, actually, um, Doug, before before we do that, could I ask you yeah. one more thing? And and yeah, go ahead. I'm being greedy on this. Just the, the, <laughs> not not the the podster in me, but the coach in me is being a little greedy on this. You know, obviously, 
work for Co uh, play for Coach Carrill, you know, Coach Carmody. So you've been in this Princeton lane, you know, pretty much your entire career. Um, offensive, defensive, in terms of staples, like how much of that is still the same as a function of what you've been a part of and how much have you kind of, for lack of a better phrase, stolen or, you know, kind of incorporated to yeah. where it's, it's like a, it's like a mix now. Right. Like, yeah. and I say that because I watch you guys play in the tournament and there were still some concepts that I saw that the funny thing people don't even talk about. And we talked about this this summer, NBA teams run more Princeton stuff than maybe Princeton themselves yeah. <laughs> it actually does. But, but, um, you know, the, the thing I love this, you know, watching your tournament games is so many times guys just really got in their bag and put the ball on the floor and went and made plays for each other, you know, which was awesome yeah. to watch. So it wasn't like maybe the people would think Princeton slicing, dicing, you know, backdoors, every other possession. It was really like guys were hooping. That's the best way yeah. I can describe it. So how much of that has kind of changed I guess, you know, if that frames a question the best way, you know, from what you came up as, yeah. as an assistant and now kind of, you know, your own brand of cooking the chili. So it's a, it's a really good question and I'll, I'll try to be as succinct as possible. The one of the most, there was two things that really defined kind of where I am now. And one of them was at Northwestern, we played Butler in 2010 and hmm. we had a really nice team, but they were, they were, um, Terrific. They had gone to the final game two years in a row and mm -hmm. they guarded and we were running the, what, what you would call what, you know, very systematic Princeton stuff. That's what we were doing. We felt that that and, and it was it was very successful for us in the Big Ten. But yeah. they guarded us at the time. My, my sentiment was like, this is this is BS. Like, I don't like I always said, you know, if I was ever fortunate and at the time I was interviewing for some jobs, if I was ever fortunate to get a job, I would make some alterations. And, you know, this is mm. no, this is just what my head was. The second yeah. part was in recruiting when I, um, you know, some of the negative recruiting we were getting was, you know, Hey, Princeton's slowing it down. Um, right. Right. They're, they're, that's a methodical style. And, you know, you think back door when you think Princeton. So, um, I wanted to, number one, you know, sort of have the same vision, which is play through a post that's skilled, that can make decisions, have mm -hmm. split cut actions, but uh, open it up more so that there's more freedom. But, you know, the uh, you have to have discipline, Alan, first to have the freedom. Right. So, you know, some of the, so those two things sort of defined a lot. And then, you know, uh, kind of going back to, you know, the the last 25 years, I, I've, I've really dove in on um, Bo Ryan's Wisconsin teams. They mm -hmm. were really kind to me. And I just was always fascinated by how they would get over ball screens and never get screened. And um, yeah. right. I, I spent a lot of time watching and talking with them. Then Bellanova, um, they were also really kind to me. And as a local team here that I could kind of watch and learn from. And then Virginia, you know, as well. And, and I just felt like those – the the evolution was defensively, mm -hmm. you know, you become more physical. And I think yeah. that, you know, that I know that the question was maybe offense, but it really has dictated so much of the way I think offensively is how you defend can also help you yeah. uh, become a better offensive team because we, no question. we no were question. guarding ourselves better in practice with what we were <laughs> doing. And I wanted to become less guardable and yeah. more yeah. physical defensively. So, yeah. Um, that's a short way of saying it. I mean, we I, I play a lot of three on three now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like, I would try to think of it as like, what would I like to do if I was playing? Uh, yeah, for and sure. I try to create practices that way. And uh, we talk a lot. I ask the guys all the time. They're like, Hey, you know, we, we like what we're doing. And I think that's, you yeah, know, you, you need to have that feedback. For I think, sure. you know, make, make the clients happy, you know? Yeah. No, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. So every now, I, every now and then you're in, pra- in practice on that high note, you know, always leave yes. them wanting more, you know, yes. always leave them wanting more. So then they stick around, yeah, you ever get another, that? stick around for another 30 minutes afterwards. Cause they don't want to leave. <laughs> I know. I know. So you get uh, that I, opportunity where they're like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> One more. On court. Right. I, I mean, that, I mean, what you just said, I have like probably done a 180 on that. I mean, less yeah. is more and sure. sticking around those conversations before and especially after practice where you're just oh. kind of sitting there. Oh, man. Uh, that is the secret sauce right there, man. Like, no doubt. You know, you might have had a good or a bad day as a coach or a good or a bad day as a player, but, man, it is over, and now yeah. we're just talking. Yeah, yeah, um, no doubt. And That um, humanizes everything. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it's just basketball. It should be fun. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. My bad, Doug. Now you got to – No, you're good. He's, you're he's good. Got, hey, that was great information. He's got 3.30s here coming up. Three, three, he got All right. time, for, time for his yeah. ATOs. All right. So for the three quick hitters, like I said, just three quick questions, just learn a little bit about you. So your number one side hobby outside of basketball, what do you like to do? So, I mean, I, I spend time with the family. I mean, that's really kind of like, that's not really a hobby, but I love to play tennis. Um, That's kind of okay. just, I actually played this morning and there's a few people here that I like to play with. And I like the, you know, sort of the balance and the therapy of it, you know, just hitting the ball. So uh, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obsessed with tennis. Take nice. the anger out if you need to. Just hit the ball. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Um, you have any pets? No pets. No pets. No pets. Okay. Yeah. If you were a dog or a cat person, yeah, we, which we, we go like? dog, and we have uh, you know nice. kids are still fairly on the young side, and you know both my wife and I are gone quite a bit working, so um, Ooh, we haven't yeah. worked it in. But uh, you know we're, we're we're probably a dog due for a dog at some point. Okay. <laughs> and then last one. So Princeton University has a game today. You wake up, you start going through your morning routine. What's your pregame song or music or anything particular? Yeah, I we we've gotten as a team and uh, me too into Bill Withers, so we we've kind of nice. I, I like okay, I like a lot of Bill Withers stuff, and <laughs> we, we play that a lot around here. Stevie Wonder, Got some old souls, of, man. Yeah, the old, old Stevie old Wonder, I like yep. it. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. I was not expecting that for a pregame. <laughs> okay, I like it. See, that's why we that's why we have these. You learn the OJs. Stuff. Come on, man. That's that, it's, oh, um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, we get the guys going here on. Um, we let everybody pick a little bit of a song every once in a while. But when it's my turn, that's what goes on. There you <laughs> go. yeah. Throw some spinners in there. Rubber band, yep. man. Don't forget that's the spinners. Right. <laughs> and now what I want to do is ask one final question before we get to our closing remarks. But we ask all coaches that are on this call this. So your number one, and obviously there are there are extensive amounts that you can go on, but your number one best piece of advice for young mm-hmm. rising coaches and um, you know how can they accomplish that piece of advice? Reach out to coaches that you respect and know directly, and this is what I've done, mm-hmm. and say, hi, my name's Mitch Henderson. I'm Alan Major. Um, yeah. And write a direct note or, or, a, or a phone call and say, I um, – I've been an admirer of yours. I would love to come watch practice or spend some time with you. And um, and then try not to take no for an answer. And then go yeah. and study what somebody else is doing and watch them teach. 
That'd be my first part. And then the second part is it takes time to learn something like that. But um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to play and a lot of them can be successful. So um, I think the more you learn from other people, the less you're thinking square peg into a round hole. So, you know, you got to broaden your horizons and then um, be a teacher first. Yeah. Be a teacher first. Um, It's not just this point. This person goes there and that person goes there. Learn how to teach the person. And you you can do that, I think, really well by going to watch other people do it that are really good at what they do. Um, yeah, for sure. The guys that I mentioned earlier were so kind to me and they gave me time, I think, because I was there with my uh, my olive branch out. Like, hey, I need some help. Um, yeah. I'm here to learn from you. And I asked a lot of questions. And then I, you know, I didn't come empty handed. I was studying what they were doing. So that would be that's been what's really good for me. Yeah, no, that's and great stuff, to, man. I have to ask. Sorry, not, I told you last question, but this one just kind of popped in my. So, like, when you when a kid or somebody, future coach, rising coach, attends a practice, like maybe what's what's like the best advice that you would give for attending practices? I mean, just sitting there being quiet, or anything in particular. Um, so first, don't t- pull your phone out and start videotaping the practice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Don't be on your phone. <laughs> um, know a bit about what they're doing um, and take lots of notes. And then if you get an opportunity other, like ask, why are you doing that? What was the yeah. point? What, what did you say to this guy in that moment when you pulled him aside? Uh, mm-hmm. Cause those, those little, uh, you know, literally I heard Bo Ryan say, uh, you know, Hey, we get rebounds with two hands around here. And then he said, um, there was an entire league called the ABA that shut itself down because guys got one-handed rebounds. It was both yeah. and like, I, you know, I mean, it was, to me, it was right. like a genius point. And my guys probably, if they listen to this, they're going to realize I stole that from somebody. But like, <laughs> I, mean, I, um, I think sense of humor is so pivotal in these, you know, being, being able to, and you know, you got to learn those things from someone else. Like often yeah. I think that, we get into coaching and we see coaches on TV and we see them sort of standing there with their arms folded. And we're like, Oh, it's simple. I, I, you know, uh, that guy must be so hard on his players or something like that. But really mm-hmm. what it is, is yeah, you got a good classroom environment, you know, and yeah, you, no doubt it's crystal clear on what the vision is and um, develop your own vision and be really confident with that. And so I would say when you go to those practices, Doug, uh, be very, very present. No, that's awesome. good stuff, man. I think multiple times. Don't just, don't just, don't just show up like, you know, walk. You know, I, I, that's what I would say. Like, come, come multiple times. I, I do clinics where, uh, you know, you've got like, you've got a handful of guys to work with. That that can be useful. But man, going to somebody's practice where they're really themselves. Yeah, that's that's where it's all at. Yeah, and, and I think that that helps us kind of practice what we preach, right? Because. As coaches, we're always talking about players getting better. So, yeah, you know, you, right. guy finishes the year and say, hey, man, you got to come back in September with these two things, you know, whatever right. it is. And so we have to kind of get better as well. I mean, that's the partnership or the essence of the whole thing, because right. as, as we get better, all we're going to do is give it back to them anyway. Totally agree. And I, honestly, so, like I um, how many actions, Alan, have you had over the years, or at least for me, like, Hey, you know what? Like we had a guy that was really good at this, that could do this thing. Like maybe that's good for you too. 
right. how much you learn from your players. I think good players make you a much better coach. Oh, so if you no. go to another practice, not just learn from the coach. Yeah. Like again, I'm going back to those Bo Ryan practices. They had Frank Kaminsky mm. and I was just in awe of his calmness and getting himself to where he wanted on the court. Yeah. And, you know, of course, that's Frank Kaminsky, but like, can you learn something from watching good players and uh, up no close? Doubt. No doubt. No, we have, I think I think sometimes the coaches getting players better can get oversold because players make coaches better too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's to me that's the essence of the whole partnership thing. That's what makes it go well. And you know, if you talk, if you <clears throat> listen to business leaders or anybody out there that's managing younger generation right now, there's a lot of frustration around this. Hey, you know, how do you manage this generation? How do you how do you get them to grow is the question that I'm hearing and, and getting often. And it's um, isn't it about being in it with them together? There you and, go. Um, right. And then if you ask them what they think, you better be ready for an answer. You weren't. Expecting. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. And, no and then grow with it. Don't you know, yeah. don't be like, well, listen, I wanted you to say this and like, you know, put your thumb on them. Uh, right. You gotta, right. you gotta be in it together. I've always learned a lot more from my players than, uh, than what's been in this, in this head, which is too much. <laughs> no, I agree, hundred percent. So, I mean, that that basically wraps it up for us. Do, do does anybody have any final comments before I get to like the closing, uh, closing segment? No, Mitch, I just want to say thank you, man. Um, I know we just kind of met recently and kind of knew knew of each other in yeah. the past and kind of crossed paths in the past, but. You know, it's just been uh, been great getting to know you this past few months. And uh, thank you so much for jumping on here, man. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I hope to get out there at some point and duck my head in the in the jab one. Well, this is the kind of, for both of you, what you're doing. Um, I wish I could have listened to something like this. Not to say that anybody would listen to this one, but I tried to devour um, what what head coaches would talk about. Um, you know, and, and so much of, you know, again, like um, I go back to some of the best coaches I've been around and I've been fortunate to be around some great ones and, and just listening. So you guys are doing some really special things. And um, uh, when you when you reached out, Alan, I was uh, you know thrilled and, and really looking forward to it. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank likewise. You. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, thank you, Coach. Um, and, and that's it for us today. We're rising coaches again. Thank you, Coach Mitch Henderson being on the call um and also thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in with us today and that does it for another episode of the rising coaches podcast i'm your host doug caputo alongside alan major keep working and keep rising coaches prepare your team for success this season with our friends at dr dish basketball the official number one selling shooting machine in basketball if you're looking to transform and focus your team's training efforts all you have to do is mention Rising Coaches or tell them we sent you with the Rising Coaches podcast. For an additional $300 off, select Dr. Dish Shooting Machines. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.